Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. We are under a year, about 10 months away from the primary election, and there's a lot of big names in there. But are we going to see anyone drop out? Are we going to see anyone rise to the top? Joining us is Fox News Radio's Eben Brown, this morning. Eben, good morning. How are you? Good morning. Right, we appreciate you taking the time to come on. What do we know about the latest poll numbers and who's gaining steam, who's maybe dropping a little bit on the poll? Well, uh, I think it comes as no surprise that uh, Donald Trump continues to lead the Republican uh, pack uh, on, the, uh, uh, on the primary side for the Republicans, that is, and that means uh, uh, his uh, his numbers continue to rise. You know, he, his latest uh, polling average now shows him uh, a little bit more than 30 percent ahead of second place, who would be Florida Governor Ron DeSantis. Uh, and uh, that number continues to widen, and that average is uh, pretty much coincides with our own Fox News poll from late June, where uh, uh, where that uh, it was about a 34 percent bump on him uh, over Ron DeSantis. Uh, the rest of the field continues to fight over single-digit percentage places, uh, the, um, but to certainly far and away, Donald Trump is, uh, is leading the pack according to these polls. Now, some of these polls are, are uh, worthwhile, some of them perhaps maybe not so much, and ultimately people have to listen to candidates and decide what they want to do, but uh, we are, um, I, I guess now in January will be the Iowa caucuses, and so that'll be the first real contest, and that'll be the best polling you can get. At what point, Evan, could we start to see some of these candidates actually drop out of the primary? Is it too soon to tell, or is that something that we could see as early as this fall? I, I would say that it would ha- happen perhaps after the first three contests of Iowa, New Hampshire, and South Carolina. The reason being is that if you've had poor showing this whole time, and you're struggling to fundraise, and you go to Iowa, New Hampshire, and South Carolina, and you don't have much to show for it afterwards. You, you don't do well. You don't get any delegates or any, or maybe just a couple. You begin to lose the confidence of your most ardent supporters at that point. Not that they dislike you, but they, they begin to think you're not viable. You're not making headway. And it becomes less, uh, shall we say, economical or smart to invest in you, meaning donate to you, and keep your campaign going. This will be true of both uh, high-dollar donors that are rather sustaining, as well as the small-dollar everyday donors uh, that you wish to get to prove your viability you know, from a wide scale. So I would say that after those three early contests, if, uh, if someone hasn't been doing well, uh, that will start seeing their uh, you know campaigns uh, being paused uh, because they will lose the confidence of people who would give them money to keep going. And it, it takes money to run a campaign. Is there anyone that's on the Republican primary right now that's actually within that top three or four that's somewhat of a surprise that they're holding their own like that? 
the, the problem is is that the quote unquote top three or four have a have a big disparity here. The, the top, as we said, is is Donald Trump, uh, far and away with more than half the votes. Uh, Ron DeSantis at about twenty or so percent. But then it next goes to, to people like Mike Pence or Nikki Haley, who are in single digits. And it kind of doesn't matter which one of them is it gains a half a percent or or, or not because it doesn't really lead to viability. So uh, I, I don't think that there's any shockers there. Uh, those, those folks, you know, in third place or below are are kind of fighting with each other for, you know, pennies, so to speak. Uh, and and I, don't, I don't know if they have the, the staying power to get beyond the first three or four contests. But, you know, the, the big surprise will come after, if there is going to be one, will come after, you know, Iowa, New Hampshire, and South Carolina. Uh, and it'll prove whether or not the polling is holding up. We've seen scenarios where polling has done well, and we've also seen scenarios where polling was completely atrociously bad. Uh, a great example would have been the uh, the Florida gubernatorial race uh, just last year, where Ron DeSantis was repeatedly pr- uh, predicted to lose uh, re-election by 20 to 30 uh, percent to the Democratic uh, c- uh, candidate, Charlie Crist. On Election Day, Ron DeSantis won by 20 percent uh, in that Florida statewide election. So uh, one questions the... the, uh, the uh, effectiveness or truthfulness of polling, uh, especially by some polling outfits. You question whether they are truly doing their work or if they're designed to push a narrative or not. Uh, But uh, again, the the best verification of that is election day. Okay. Well, we appreciate that information. I know it is probably too early for some of these candidates to um, even be completely decided on who they would choose as a vice presidential pick. But we all know that Donald Trump is leading the polls, and there's a good shot that he would be the um, the Republican nom- nominee once again in 2024. Does he have his list narrowed down to who would be his potential vice presidential pick as we near I'm, the primary? I'm sure, I'm sure he has an idea at this point who he's uh, thinking of or looking at. He hasn't shared it publicly. I don't suspect he would do that for some time. Uh, historically... Uh, picks for vice president uh, for a running mate come uh, close to or even at a uh, national convention. Those happen in the summer before, uh, you know, before the the election. Um, I suspect that we would probably have a similar scenario, too. I mean, you could always be surprised. Um, if we go back to 2016, Ted Cruz picked Carly Fiorina uh, right before the uh, Indiana primary uh, as his running mate. It, it it didn't give him a boost. He, he, he lost there, too, I believe, and I think that's when he ended his campaign. So uh, it, it uh, you know, comes with a risk trying to you know, uh, nail down a, a vice presidential running mate uh, too early, I think. Um, you know, there, there's a lot of science that goes into who you pick as a running mate. Do you pick someone who is ideologically with you? Do you pick someone who is not so ideologically with you in, in hopes to uh, get some support from another part of your party that might not be warming up to you. Uh, the greatest example of that was, was I think, uh, Ronald Reagan picking George H.W. Bush. Uh, they were diametrically opposite uh, in, in terms of their politics, uh, and, uh, but it, it did allow, I think, uh, President Reagan to, to win some of the more establishment votes that were probably shying away from him at some point. So there you go.
Okay, well, I appreciate that breakdown. Let's move real quick to the Democratic side, if you have a moment here, Evan. Is there anyone there that is even close in the polls to President Joe Biden? Uh, No, uh, not really. Uh, uh, Joe Biden, uh, the president, is, according to the averages now, I think at about 65% among Democrat uh, primary voters with RFK Jr. at about 15% and Marianne Williamson less than 6%. Uh, and so I, I don't think Joe Biden has any real obstacle uh, to getting renominated. I, despite uh, for his job performance and his, his approval numbers are horrible. He's at 42% approval, 53% actively disapproving. This is, you know, um, Jimmy Carter territory, if not worse. Uh, uh, but... Uh, Joe Biden is a president who, A, uh, despite what some people may believe, he won uh, in 2020 as, you know, as far as getting into office. I mean, he is he is living in the White House. So he's there. He is the incumbent. Uh, He his party, he and his party did not suffer uh, a horrible red wave uh, and did not really, uh, you know, they they held the Senate. They uh, they lost the House, but only really by a, a very small margin. Uh, and that margin is 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 very weak on the Republican side. If a few losses in the in the interim on the Republican side, they could lose control of Cong- of the House. Uh, so, uh, from a, a campaign perspective and a and a political perspective, uh, Joe Biden has done well for himself and his party, and they they don't have to to switch captains right now. Uh, you know, they they are they are holding their own. So. Uh, I suspect that he doesn't have much of a problem getting nominated. Okay. And honestly, I, I think much of America feels right now, whether they want to or not, that 2024 is going to come down to what it did in 2020, right? It's going to be a battle between Donald Trump and Joe Biden uh, if the polls stay where they are right now. I and mean, that's what we're seeing. I, I, I believe that, that to be uh, very possible. Again, anything could happen. I, I think uh, right now we are re- relying on polls that may or may not be accurate, uh, and some may downright be garbage. Uh, and uh, and the best poll that you can do is on election day. And so let let's see how things are in Iowa, uh, and then in New Hampshire and South Carolina, and let's see who gets shaken out of the sieve uh, and who keeps going. I think that'll that we, we would have a much better indicator as to where the party is headed at that point. Evan Brown. Fox News Radio, thanks so much for coming on this morning and giving us your insight on the 2024 Republican and Democratic primary elections. We appreciate it. You got it.